I really do love that last week we spent all this time being like, we should t- tweet Jay White and and, uh, and Okada be like, one of you fuckers needs to lose. Completely ignoring Kota Ibushi. Ibushi. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to this and I was like, how did we just completely not even... Not even think of Kota Ibushi. Yeah. God, we're we're so stupid. Yep. I remember waking up the next day and just sending a gift saying, well, none of us could have predicted this could have happened. I mean, I, like, thought about it, but as somebody pointed out, it was his third year in a row winning his goddamn block, and I was like, there's no fucking way. <laughs> yeah. Fight Boys, the show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling, and I also tapped out to Bobby Lashley in my debut match, Scotty Moore! I am one singular sensation dancing across the nation, Blake Tanner. And I am Dark Order AF, the Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, Dylan won the G1, so I will give Dylan time if he would like to talk about New Japan. <laughs> if you just want to, <laughs> you like to talk about him. New Japan, here I'll 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 keep it I'll, I'll keep it to the to the high high points. Uh, one, Will Osprey uh, became heel in wrestling while simultaneously becoming more babyface in real life because because he turned on Okada, but also like that same twenty four hours. The one company that accused him of blacklisting that female wrestler was like, actually, that was somebody else. So it turns out that one of, turns out that one of the many things that people dislike Will Ospreay for was in fact false. Uh, great O now Great O Khan comes back. I can't wait to see how that gimmick looks because before he was dressed as a Chinese vampire, and I want to see what that looks like now. Um, you, you know, people can tweet, uh, as much as they want, but you can't change the way Will Ospreay's face looks, so he will forever be a heel, despite that. It's, it's, as he's gotten older, it's looked more heel, when he was, like, fresh and babyfish, like, I want to root for that guy, and I, I think, like, two years ago, like, he finally grew into a new, man, fuck that guy. <laughs> so punchable. <laughs> Uh, ah, you got the rest in heel face. The, uh, it's the same thing with uh, Austin Theory. Like, I, and he also has done shit. Nothing's forgiven him. But even if it hadn't, fuck Austin Theory. Uh, also, um, somebody did a tally of the Meltzer's uh, like stars for all the things. Granted, it didn't have the last night in. Um, the last nights or the finals in. But um, despite being the bottom of uh of a block Udro did have a better average than three people in b block so i i continue my su- support for huge 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 <laughs> you know all the all the love and respect for Ujiro, i should not have said he was gonna win uh, that many matches though oh yeah no he um to be fair, even before it started, he admitted that he prefers tag team. And also, he admitted that he was, like... Because he had the tag team. He, had, he was in No Limit with, uh, with fucking Naito. And he was like, oh, knew immediately that he was better than me. That was why I became a tag team with him. 
And I, my respect for him, everybody's like, he's shitty. Why did they give him that gimmick? I was like, first off, he's had that gimmick for a decade. Like fucking, fucking playboy, then later pimp is his sweet like, spot. I remember, uh, I remember when I first got into New Japan and was looking up Bullet Club. I was like, okay, Thomas seems really fucking cool. They got the Bucks, they got LG and Carl. Who's this random pimp they have with them? And why is the his. And why is his valet so hot? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, those are the uh, those are the main takeaways. Kodobushi clearly going to win again because uh, Sonata must suffer. And yeah, oh god, uh, I watched the mat. Like I, I don't, I didn't watch the. F- finals but i did watch the finals of b block and it was a sonata showed out enough for me to be like you know what i understand why dylan chose him like did you because sonata was kind of a buck wild pick to me initially to win b block did like did you have reasoning behind it or there from what i understand it was a uh, sonata was looked at pretty uh pretty heavily as like one of the favorites uh, early on, he just, um... It was one of those things where, like, if you mathematically eliminate all the people who can't win it, then you are basically left with Evil and Sonata. Yeah. Nobody wanted to see Evil versus Naito at Wrestle Kingdom, so we all collectively dreamboarded Sonata into the scenario instead. <laughs> and, uh, it panned out. Uh, there were moments where I was like, Maybe Naito, but I don't think that's... I don't think that's a thing? Because I think the last person who won it with the championship... Was never. Really? I thought Okada did it. Nope. Oh, wow. Okay, so... I trust uh, I trust our New Japan expert, but yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no. It was a good B-block. Oh, yeah, no. Got to see Blues Brothers juice. Yeah. Uh, also- B-block definitely felt more... Um... It felt different than A Block. A Block, uh, you always had a few people like always leading the pack. B Block felt pretty competitive all the way through. B Block had more variety of character. A Block, it was like, oh, this is where it's like WCW. This is where the big boys play. Okay, it was more competitive. Also, um, yeah, of people we would know about, no one has won it while holding the championship. But Mudo and Sasaki. Have both won it while holding the title. Correct, but that was before the briefcase era because Okada introduced the briefcase era in 2013. You're just like, hey, yeah, but shut up. <laughs> I'm just, I'm making a distinction. Also, uh, yeah. Ibushi might be the first person to lose it because he faces Jay at Power Struggle, and everybody's just like, you know what? I could see it. Of all the people who have ever challenged for it, because like there's an O for record. Like, oh, for, like, fucking, like, 16 or something on people. And they're all just like, this might be the... Because it's back-to-back for Ibushi. And they're just like, that seems boring. All right, gentlemen, here we go. I got the coin. Oh, did you find the actual one? Who wants to call it? Hey, uh, wait, uh, Blake, fucking apologize. (laughs) Apologize for what you've done to the coin. Apologize to an inanimate object. Um... (laughs) But let's let's see who's gonna win and to see if Ibushi keeps his uh keeps his shot. Alright, Dylan, you call it. Heads or tails for uh Ibushi uh winning. Oh uh heads. Or 
Okay. Yeah, heads. Heads. Everyone knows heads is the baby face side of the coin. <laughs> Tails is a real heel side of the coin. Uh, on to uh, WWE, which, fuck. Uh, SmackDown was actually really fucking good. Rollins is back on his good, good bullshit. We're hopefully after... After Seth gets done with the Mysterios, because at this point, Seth's the baby face and the Mysterio family are the heels, because they're just trying to get it going. After that, we're hopefully getting Brian versus Rollins, which, fuck yeah! I would be very, I'd be totally down for that, because uh, in my mind, um, the uh, the Seth-Mysterio feud is what kind of embodies this timeline that I like to call the pandemic era. Yeah. Um, and, because um, it's been going on for the whole damn thing, almost. Like, Seth was on the bump, and obviously on the bump you have to stay in character somewhat, but he was like, you know what, I got moved to SmackDown, I was kind of hoping this whole thing would be over. And I'm like, you and all of the rest of us, Seth, we do, we agree with you. This is, wait a minute, is this, this is the first time they feuded. Ever? Holy sh- I think so, from what I'm seeing. What do you mean, Brian and Rollins? Set, uh, in a singles feud, because obviously, like, Team Team Hell No and The Shield feuded. Yeah. But no. I, I don't see anything about them in a singles feud. No, because uh, Brian came back after the Brian split. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, um... You saw, you saw with uh, Rollins where Dave Meltzer called him a fucking idiot because he was blaming the fans for, uh... Not liking oh, him. I did not. Not liking his story. Not liking his booking. Yeah. Um, which Never. is, like, part for the course for Seth, I'm gonna be honest at this point. But also, it was funny because it reminded me so much of, like, when Roman was getting shit on. Um, yeah. And he blamed it on the fans. See, with me, like, currently, and in fact, in the majority of the Messiah storyline, I have, Seth has been doing his best. So I have been 100% just like, no, the storyline sucks. Seth is just biding his time until something good comes along. Um, whereas before that, when he was a babyface, I just said, fuck Seth Rollins, because fuck Seth Rollins. Everything, once he had the feud with The Fiend, it was just like, man, just just, just fuck farther away from me. <laughs> Far yeah, away. Which has been, God, it's been a hard year for him, huh? <laughs> yeah. Because that was that the one of the worst matches... WWE history. That was a year ago now, right? Did the did the um Yep. Yeah, the anniversary already passed. It was last year's Hell in a Cell, and uh that is the one good thing I will give uh Drew and Randy is you guys can just sit in the ring and poop on each other and you will have done a better match than last year. <laughs> no, I don't want to see that. Can can you imagine how demoralizing it must be for him that his uh, his wife is not even on television and more popular than him? I am upset that she's gone during the during this era because I feel like Seth would be the first ever male superstar to have his wife's name shot, shouted at him during a match because that rarely it's always like during Lana's matches Rusev would get chance or like during AJ matches where you would hear CM Punk it was never the other way around it would be and that'd be great yeah oh man equality in our time I know <laughs> isn't it isn't it great isn't it wonderful? Any, anything else? I was fucking. I 
I want that. I want that to happen. That is my perfect mental image. <laughs> uh, other, I honestly can't remember that much from SmackDown because, like, it was a good show, but also it was a week ago, so I can't remember shit. I, I love you too. Who's wham? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. What the hell? My favorite part about that, and it goes back to the things that I hate about wwe is the uh the blatant oh the heel is beating down the baby face no security oh the baby face is beating down the heel 50 people yeah wwe it's one of their most their biggest crimes to me because it insults my intelligence so much well, that they think I won't notice. Well, I think there were some referees at first when Roman was beating the fuck out of Braun Strowman, but also they were like, ah, fuck it, he's a Raw superstar. Kick his ass. Take him down, Oos! By the way, Braun Strowman now looks like an army wannabe fuckboy, and uh, that's disturbing. That and, uh, oh, thank you for reminding me of Braun Strowman and my new favorite call that's ever happened on WWE television. I'm surprised this didn't end up your heel of the week. Oh, no, the sh all of Raw is a heel of the week for me. There were two good things. One of them is the fact that Raw Underground is now officially on hiatus. They killed Raw Underground, and that's, I'll be honest, the best thing about the COVID era is they were like, oh, we don't want to worry about spreading this deadly disease, so let's kill the worst segment. But it was that, and then later in the show... Lee is setting up for a spirit bomb on Strowman. And then Strowman, like, I don't know why WWE is upping their nutshot game between Roman's, like, kick-out nutshot. Are they but, taking creative direction from Shinsuke? Yeah, and then uh, goes for the spirit bomb. Instead, uh, fucking Braun just headbutts him in the dick while the referee is looking at them. And it's like, because he, uh, so it was, it was actually, if it wasn't so stupid, it would actually be smart because he like dropped down, you know, like how people like they're exhausted, they'll drop out of it. Yeah. And then he just like popped back up. So it doesn't look, it didn't look intentional, but it clearly was. And then he won with a clothesline, which yeah. like, I didn't think <laughs> happened outside of fucking Japan. Yeah. Well, uh. It was so out of left field. I was like, that was. That was he. What could he not pick Lee up and at least try the power, the power slam? Yeah, and then Keith Lee just whips him around and just straight kicks him in the dick. <laughs> but it did lead to this Dylan esque. It did lead to this call from I can't remember who said it, but it was in fact Braun Strowman burying his head in the nether regions of Keith Lee, which without the visual context. It's a very fucking telling line. It's a very, it is a, uh, a level of disturbing that I am usually into in wrestling. <laughs> How bad did Keith Lee beat up Braun Strowman? Oh, well, he buried his face in his nether regions at the end. Oh, fuck. So he really took him to task, I see. Yeah, the the WWE uh, fanfic writers having a field day. Yeah. They, uh, they call that one eighth base. <laughs> <laughs> um did y'all also hear that uh lee uh i believe he tweeted earlier today that he was uh in the studio recording some stuff for his new entrance music 
Thank God. Oh man, is it gonna be is it gonna be his voice annoyingly like like plastered over uh generic uh intro rock song number seven? Yeah. Yeah. And listen, all I want is just the only thing he records is the stinger, just him singing, Oh my god. And oh that my being my god. And that being his fucking like the glass breaking. <laughs> I want that. Oh my god. No, that would be his. Limitless. Well, it's the big show. Uh, so I'm going to rant about Raw later. So let's move on to NXT. And, and last week, I, I realized, like, I'm bad about reading spoilers. Which is fine if I wasn't having to review the show. But I realized knowing what happens on the show kind of paints it differently in my head. And... I will say thank you to Dylan for spoiling one thing, which was the ending where Pat McAfee is revealed as, like, the person who's been attacking Undisputed Era, because I feel like if I didn't know, I would have been so fucking mad. Instead, I was... I was bewildered and impressed. I was, I was like, is this the best feud? Because Pat, Pat McAfee is just this random dude slowly dismantling the undisputed era through guerrilla warfare and mental, like, and mental head games. It's honestly impressive. I remember reading it and then thinking, surely Pat McAfee's not part of this. Dylan just saw a news article or something, but then the show just keeps showing Undisputed Era get beat down, and it's kind of like being tied to a train track and just seeing the train come for you, and you're like, you know, at some point I just have to accept this. uh, Well, you know, they call that the stages of grief. Yeah. On the bright side, uh... Oni and uh, Oni and Birch are tag team champions. Throw them up. Yeah, I mean, I actually do enjoy that. So I assume they were going to set up war games with Ridge, Oni, Birch, and uh, fucking dickhead versus Undisputed Era, and then dipshit got injured, and they were like, "Oh no, well, we gotta find someone else." <laughs> Oopsie poops. Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee, baby, Oopsie. get him in. Hey, Pat, I, I what you doing? I need to know who the fourth member of their team is. Well, it was going to be Ridge. And I'm fairly, I would have bet that this week Ridge would have been the one. to. I, I think they pulled the trigger early on Pat due to a lack of Ridge. Because I feel like Ridge probably would have been the one to come out and help Lorcan and Birch win the titles. I, this is, the weird thing is the fact that what the fuck did Brizongo do to anybody? That they're like, they yeah, held, you're also going to lose the titles. The, uh... They got pushed in the background, man. That's how it happens. It's, for, and it for, sucks for because Zongo. this week and last week, they finally started to seem like legitimate tag team champions. Like, not that they weren't before, but they still had, like, that main roster comedy stink on them. And now, like, last week, they looked like badasses just sitting in the audience. <laughs> like, fucking Roman emperors. And then this week, they were... V- uh, my favorite new nickname for Tyler Breeze is someone said he's a pit bull with a pretty face. And I said, that's fucking phenomenal. The, uh... Yeah, no, I... I'm trying to think of uh, of who could join them. And the only only person I really want to see is... Cam! 
camera. I love to Listen, I need him to either I need him to either be in that match or the the freaking NXT championship match. Those are the only two matches I'll accept. I loved uh, his promo this week where they're like, he's like, yeah, I'm fighting Dexter Loomis next week. I beat him multiple times. And they're like, you know, it's a like tree house of horror, whatever the fuck the name is, match. <laughs> and then for some reason that spooked him. He's like, I ain't afraid of nothing. I'm Cameron Grimes. I beat this man so many times. And the whole time Loomis is like behind him staring at through a window and fuck he's a highlighter he is nxt's eddie kingston which is i automatically just go this is a good segment because cameron's in it the man the man deserves listen they've run out of people to put the belt on at this point i do love this mental (laughs) mental picture of Cameron Grimes beating Finn Balor for the NXT Championship. Well, they're already having to, because Finn's not going to make it, because he had to actually get surgery. Yeah. So, well, so William Regal is supposed to decide something, and I'm really hoping that it's just Cameron versus, like, KOR, and... Kyle just loses again, and I get Cameron Grimes as champion. I I think we're going to see him with the North American title before we see him with the NXT championship. Listen, man, injuries change things. And Cameron, <laughs> you can't tell me that, that that he wouldn't be a great champion because he it would be like a better version of Bo Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> and NXT hasn't had that. NXT... NXT hasn't had that in forever, and they I really feel like they need it. I feel like that's how you keep things fresh. Yeah, you can't just keep giving the indie guy the spot. Well, that's what I was about to say, because uh, they're at a point now where they can't just hire the hottest person on the indies to come in and be their champ every six months. Well, for multiple reasons. One, COVID, so no one's that hot right now, but also... Now there's an alternative and enough horror stories <laughs> that it's like, I don't know if I want to go to NXT, to be honest with you. Well, uh, people, are, people are like, I, I, I don't want to go to NXT, but in order to get any money, I would have to work directly under Vince McMahon, and that dude shut down Cameo. <laughs> yeah. That dude shut down, and I, you gotta think a lot of like indie people are making you know a, a good bit of their bank off of that nowadays. Decent amount, at least if you're if you're above a certain amount of popularity. Also, speaking of Vince doing shitty things, he ha- he runs such a sloppy shop to steal a term from Taz that they're being investigated by the city of Orlando. Yeah, yeah, we can hold off on that. I do want to say because uh, there is the list of uh, the list of places that are being investigated, and I've been to like three of these bars that they've listed. The treehouse is very good once COVID's over, Dylan. So does that wait? What what does that say about the bars or you? <laughs> yes, yes, that's the answer. The answer is in in fact yes. Um. Moving on to uh, AEW. Yeah, we can move to AEW. AEW, baby. I want to know Dylan's thoughts on the new Kenny Omega. 
Because me oh, and but B- first, B- yes. First, we cannot talk about. I'm putting a moratorium on show tunes until later. Oh yeah, no, 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 no doubt. Uh, but yeah, me and Blake were very conflicted about the new Kenny entrance. Uh, I um, go on, Dylan. I want to hear you. So, so I feel that this is the natural evolution of the Kenny Omega character. In which, in order to, like, feel relevant again, he has to kind of peacock because he, right, like, he, uh, you know, as I pointed out, wore the same gear every week. Yeah. To downplay his flashiness. And then, like, now it's him being like, look, look at me. Look at me, motherfuckers. I beat this person in two moves. Look at me. The look on his face, too, of like, yep, that one how it was supposed to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just made, like, the entrance itself, it's Kenny just shit posting, And I like it a little bit, but also the dancers were awkward. But I get it, like, out of... It, it, I, it's honestly him making fun of the people who want the badass cleaner back. And instead, he's like, you want the cleaner back? Yeah, now we're gonna be this cool, fancy cleaner. It's... I'm interested... I've now adopted the Dylan two-week technique... Which is, I didn't like it, but I'm gonna give him two weeks to figure it out. It works out a lot, doesn't it? It tends to, actually. Um, I, 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 uh, after seeing it, like, I ruminated on it for a little while. I'm like, I, I get it. You know what? I get it now. Honestly, the only thing that I, like, that made me at, angry at all about that segment was the fact that, uh, like, they just punked out Sonny, and that was the point. Listen, man, it was either they punked out Sonny or they punked out Joey. <laughs> Whoever, it, it wasn't a matter of who you were. It was a matter of the message. Plus, in, in, plus in kayfabe, Sonny had lost the night before to Phoenix and gotten, like, oh, Phoenix, okay. Phoenix's finisher move on his head. So, like, he was not in the right mindset. Well, not only that, it's also, you gotta think, like, when Joey's out, his tag team partner would say, okay, I will step in. So, like, there's, like, there are reasons for it. I just wish, I would have loved to see Sunny Kiss versus actual Kenny Omega, and I'm sure we'll get it down the road, but I, it did what it was supposed to. I can't wait to see how, like, this works out against Phoenix, who kayfabe had his arm broken. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I didn't consider that. So we get to see Vicious, we get to see Vicious Kenny in, in that, because that match... That match fucked. Yeah. Honestly, Fuck, dude. what I like about Kenny is, or at least what I'm thinking that Kenny's doing, because me and Blake also said this, he's a very subtle storyteller. Like, sometimes he isn't, but like, for the most part, if he's trying to do something he's very passionate about, he's very subtle about it. But I almost like this idea that Kenny's going down this route where he's like, okay, I gotta be the cleaner again. Let's be the cleaner again. And he just doesn't know what the fuck that means anymore. He's like, well, there was brooms. Bring out some dancers with some brooms. I don't know. I murdered people. Let's start doing that again. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It's like, all right. You know what? I did it. I did it. Hey, camera, fucking look at me. Yeah. Don't fucking cut away from me yet. By the way, that picture... That, that that picture is going. That picture is going to be a meme for like the rest of the year. Oh no! You know the uh, the fucking Simpsons. That's a paddling. Someone put that, but instead it just said that's a meme. Now 
Kenny makes a silly face. That's a meme. But uh, yeah, I, that's a meme. Moving moving on to the uh, the other side of that bracket. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but after wrestling each other um, like a hundred times, Phoenix and uh, Pentagon can put on a good match. I don't know if yep. you were yes, aware. Yes, they can. Of, <laughs> we're aware of the crazy bullshit. Somebody pointed it out too that like everybody wants Penta versus Moxley. And, like, we probably will get it at some point within the next year. Like, probably not for the title, but it'll be there. But they pointed out that, like, based on history, Penta sees his brother as a better star for the future than him. And it was oh. likely the one that, like, pushed to have Phoenix win. Wow. I didn't know about that. Uh but yeah, no, I, I wouldn't doubt if we got Moxley versus Penta sooner rather than later to build up to him versus Eddie. Because, yes, we're, fu- we're fucking getting it. We're getting the match. We're getting the two boys just murdering each other, Matt. We're getting the well, match. It might, be, you were... it might be the match, like, directly after, where, like, he like, he's just sends somebody to try and attack him. Yeah. With me, it's like, I just... I love that Full Gear is now officially the, hey, you want to see John Moxley just stone cold fuck a guy? Like, just fuck a guy up? That's what this pay-per-view's for. Like, give me money to watch this pay-per-view. <laughs> I will, I'll buy it for you. Um, I, I want this so much more than the last pay-per-view. You need to understand, I only know three matches, and I was like, it's already, well, I have my idea of what the third match is. Well, I don't care about well, the dark match. Bucks for or, okay, we've got Mox versus. We're probably getting Kenny versus Omega. Mox versus Kingston. Kenny um, versus Omega. Shit, that's gonna be a Kenny. great match. <laughs> <laughs> that's an eight star classic right there. Oh, by the way, that was my favorite call from his entrance, where he's like, "Broke the Meltzer scale seven times. Once wrestled in North Carolina, Kenny Omega." But um, no, they're they're doing Sammy versus Matt again, but this time, right? I'm assuming. But this time, within the confines of a ring and nowhere near a cement floor. Actually, I think they're gonna do a uh, Hardy compound match because, like, that okay, was good, good. Still- Perfect. That's what yeah. I wanted the first time. Yeah, we're okay with that. Yeah, yeah. So that's happening, and then do we, what uh, are the Hardy? Our- I did say that the um, I, I did mention to Scotty that the Hardy Compound is the Tokyo Dome of cinematic wrestling. Yeah, it is. Five, now, six stars. What's, uh, what's everybody's theories on on if they, are we getting Bucks FTR? Are we getting another tag team? Or is Nick gonna have to fight alongside someone new? Uh, Matt's gonna show up hurt like he did for every New Japan match during the last year of their fucking run there. Remember how he sold his back for yeah. literally a year and a half? So, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, but if they... I don't know. I think that this is their that's way... How they're gonna, that's how they're gonna build it. You were like, how... I don't want them to pull the trigger on it this fast. This is how they prolong it. Well, yeah, that's what I'm back. saying. Like, they're, they're edging us. And this is the way... Like, the first time it was, oh, they're in a number one contenders match, and then they lose. Now it's, oh, they won the number one contenders match. Oh, fuck, one of them. Stone Cold broke their legs, so they can't be involved. And then oh, no, eventually... he'll be involved. He'll, he'll just be really weak, and then they'll, like, use that to fuel their anger for later. Oh, my God. What if, what if Cutler teams with Nick... And then afterwards, Nick, or no, Cutler would turn on Nick. I don't know, because I don't know what they are anymore. Because they were 
They were heels, and then this week they were just baby faces. Listen. I don't know. They weren't the baby faces. John Silver was the baby face because John Silver's amazing. But we'll get to that later. John Silver. Uh, onto, back, to the, back to the number one contender tournament. Um I just need I just need Wardlow just once a week to F ten people just for the aesthetic. He's visually. so much more charismatic than I knew. Like yeah, he, he it was it's because he had to tone down because you you didn't notice because MJF is right there, so it's like if you had a lighter next to a bonfire. You're not gonna <laughs> notice, are you? Yeah. Man has plenty of charisma. He, like, readjusts his tights like he's that, like, rich guy with his suspenders. Yeah. And then he just looks at people like, are you seriously going? My favorite thing is on Dark. He did a move. And the dude, and, like, he was going to leave, but, like, it was like, no, the match continues. And he was like, your fucking funeral. He puts the dude on the top rope and does that, like, drop knee strike. Yeah. And that's it. And then he he just looks at the, he doesn't even go for a pin. He just looks at the referee like, you're going to fucking end this? Yeah, I think that's my. I I love I love it so much. Wardlow, Wardlow has the potential to be the babyface version of Brian Cage. Yeah, I could see that. Like he's got really good facial expressions in the ring too. Because I was expecting him just to be a mad boy, but no, he's really good. Yeah, and then uh, Cabana versus uh, Hangman ruled. Yeah, Cabana versus Hangman. The ending sequences of that were were great especially the like especially the very end where he got cabana on like a like a shoulder fake yeah and they, they were out. Out, yeah he faked him out in order to get it it was so it was so good like all of it was just really it really reminded me of the one of my favorite matches the punk cabana roh farewell match which is cabana in the beginning a is wrestling circles around hangman and b is having good good colt cabana fun He's just having him a good time, and then eventually Hangman got fed up and just Stone Cold Cold cocked him with an elbow, and then both of them turned it on. Uh-huh. It, it, it's almost a similar, um, uh, it's a similar energy to what I love with Orange Cassidy, just not to the same degree, because that's yeah. kind of been Colt's thing for a long time, because he's always just that fun love, and he loves to hype up the crowd, like... He plays to him and everything, and then there's that one moment in the ring where you just like hit him the wrong way, and he turns it on. Yeah, yeah no this this tournament has uh, this tournament has Stone Cold delivered like each match in its own different way. Because you yeah. think that like a squash match in the tournament, like people would be like, "Oh, boo!" But everybody was like, "Fuck yeah, pump that shit right in my veins." Yeah, fuck bud. Um, fuck yeah. Also, spawn out. Speak. That would be so much better if fucking the Revival's theme just was, fuck yeah, <laughs> over WWE PG television. Uh, yeah, no, the, uh, in, in, uh, in the sky is blue news, uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston can cut really good promos, and it turns yeah. out if you put... If you turns out if you put both of them in a storyline together, you get the most compelling feud of the year, even though it's only been going for like five weeks. Yeah. In five weeks, they've done more than the entire Orton and McIntyre feud combined. This is a better like it. And this is Moxley's best promo in a while, because I, I can't remember if I talked shit about it on the show. But the promo he did before he faced Lance, where he was just. 
walking through the desert like a good old cowboy and then drinking whiskey in a bar and then just said, I fought Lance Archer before. I might win. I might lose. But I want, I don't know if I'll survive. I'm like, mother, have some confidence. You're John Moxley. What the fuck are you saying? It was more of a thing of like, it was more of a thing that he was acknowledging that like Lance Archer was so good that it was a fucking, it was a fucking coin flip. And he was just like, let's fucking do this. Everybody dies. Yeah. And like, that was actually almost more, like more empowering because you knew that he was going to go in like crazy man. He wasn't overconfident. He was just like, go fucking do this. Whereas this one, literally the promo goes, I'm going to torture you until I get my friend back or I end you. Yes. And that one, in that one line, I said, Mox is back. I think it's, um, I I think it's, um, the fact that there is so much more of a personal touch in this feud too, because these two go back so, so far that like you, the fucking story writes itself. But they tell the story so well. They fucking kill it. It, it, was, it was really impressive because they're one-upping each other. Because Eddie's original promo was good. And then Mox had that thing of like this. And then Eddie came back with the, you think I'd look at myself in the mirror? And I'm no. proud? Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, if you want to beat me, you're going to have to go to a dark place. And I live there. <laughs> and he like you said it with such revelry. It um, was... It was so good. It's so I I I literally am looking forward to next Wednesday just to hear more promos. Yeah, and uh, yeah, next week is actually going to be good on both accounts. Like both shows are going to fucking deliver next week. I think. Um, now, we we mentioned it briefly, but Joey Janela was unable to wrestle because of COVID, and that's because of a show that we almost went to, and then we said no. And that's The Collective, which apparently was a very good show, but also... Series of I, shows. Big, very good series of shows. Uh, then GCW did another show a week later, which is before, like, good COVID tests would be able to really show. So, like, people were shitting on them for that. And also, since then, Tony Deppen, AJ Gray, Cabana Man Dan, who actually lives near us, Blake... Dan the Dad, AC Mack, and numerous other names who have just were attending have all come down with COVID. So makes me makes me a little nervous about going to see Warhorse next week, but it is Warhorse. It is, but that's probably why I'm not gonna go see Warhorse. Yeah, no, I can't afford it. Like I you know what? Warhorse rules so much ass that COVID is afraid of him. That's that would be my only hope. Oh, by the way, um, Jake Manning is did a ser- a video for High Spots that I really want to see because it's got Warhorse and Danhausen out of character, which is something I have never fucking seen before. And so they're talking about when uh, Warhorse was getting ready to fight Cody, and they made the video where Danhausen's like, "Punch him in the groin! I can't do that. I'll get disqualified." Punch Arm Anderson in the groin! <laughs> and then Warhorse goes, Yeah, I was sitting backstage just getting ready for the match, and then Arn Anderson came up to me and said, I saw your video, kid. It was funny as hell. I was like, Holy shit, what? 
I would have been like, I, I would have been, I would have been like, so you're cool with the spot? <laughs> <laughs> so you're cool with it? Um, speaking of going back a little bit, uh, what's, where's GCW running out of right now? Everywhere. So the last one was in Michigan? No, where was the last one? It went New Jersey, then, uh, then Indiana, then I think Ohio. Yeah, okay. And then the last one was in California. So they've gone all around. But Joey, like AC Mac, came out recently it was uh, yeah ac mac recently was like i came down with covid and janella had to wrestle him or it was aj it was aj or ac one of the one of the a's and uh yeah game joey was like yeah i wrestled him like three days ago probably shouldn't go to the show probably Probably a bad idea y'all Props on them for, like, immediately doing that. I mean, like I said, it didn't probably affect the storyline too much. If anything, it was better for Sonny to take that loss than Joey, because Joey's stock is already pretty low as a singles competitor, whereas people are still really high on Sonny. So it worked out, actually. Yeah, and Sonny, you know, uh, losing the night before and uh, t- taking some rough hits, like, it, it, it made sense. Since you put it in you put it in a better uh, perspective, Dylan, with that. Yeah. But you know where you can get really good perspectives? Patreon.com slash a load of BS, the website where you can support us and get access to exclusive content, and our Discord, where we watch every week's episode of wrestling. Um, unless I forget, I forgot to watch Raw Live, which was actually a gift to you guys. Um, but yeah, we watch it all live, and... Honestly, I need other opinions, because like I said, I literally brought in Blake to watch AEW just to be like, is this Kenny segment good? Is it bad? I just don't know. And you can get all of that at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Man, I don't know what this week with the tweets. Should we just be like, what's up, Abushi? Good work. Did we already tweet at John Silver? I don't I don't think we have. We should tweet at John Silver. Okay. Hey, or at Brandy Rhodes saying, can we please come on shot of Brandy? No, 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 no. <laughs> there, uh, at uh, John Silver, good job protecting that chicken from getting getting hurt when Hannah J attacked Brandy. <laughs> hashtag, <laughs> hashtag world star. <laughs> Wait, where the fuck is... I think I remember why we didn't tweet john silver oh wait no here he is why is john silver not fucking got a blue check mark yet this is bullshit okay i found okay here he is why is it silver number one can we just can we go back to what this segment originally is and just be like silver chuck taylor won't follow us yeah kick his ass yes we should kick his ass Yo, John Silver. <laughs> Despite numerous attempts, Chuck Taylor won't follow us. Kick his ass. Well, while I do this, uh, let's get into our heels of the week, which I'm trying to... I don't know how to evaluate this, because like I'm going to go hard in the paint on mine, I think. So uh, either one of you could start off. I'm, I'm not going to go so hard, so I could start off on a pretty light note comparatively. Um, but, uh, I mean, fuck, man, it's low-hanging fruit, but WWE's business bullshit 
it is getting to me again. Um, so, uh, earlier this week, we, uh, there was a report that, um, multiple WWE trademarks were denied specifically due to the absence of written consent from the talent whose name they were trying to trademark. Um, so essentially, uh, back in July, um, a bunch of trademarks were filed, and uh, so far four have been denied because the actual wrestlers said, you know what, WWE, I don't want you to take the name I've been using or the name that I have or this name. And those names are uh, currently Drew Gulak, uh, Pete Dunne, Tony Nese, and Justice. So, Ju- Who's ju- wait, Justice? I don't know who that one is. Who I only know the first three. <laughs> Who the fuck is Justice? The um, fuck, man? It's just like... Yeah, Drew Gulak's had that name for, like, literally 15 years. Pete Dunn is Pete Dunn. Good luck. And Tony Nese, again, has been using that name for years. Like... Well, uh, yeah, how they're trying to just fucking steal them away. Were they just planning to surprise them? Like, did they think... Did they do it without their formal consent at all? Did they, did they just, like, think they could steal the trademark for their name? I don't fucking get it. Yeah. Can we just um, have also, your name? Like, no. <laughs> no. Oh, well, we filed a trademark for it, so I guess, like, tough shit in a couple months, huh? Oh. They... I'm sorry, what? They They denied it? Uh, you know what, y'all? Just forget this happened. Okay. Mm-mm. <clears throat> They really are trying to push every like like they still have that mindset of where else you're gonna go and like now everybody's like listen dude if we all go back to the indies collectively it'll be a boon <laughs> yeah yeah imagine <laughs> it's like the tide <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just goes oh, come back in you can't really fight it man um it's just like there's no way that they could get leverage to actually do that. And they're just trying to throw shit at the wall and see what sticks to see how much control they can get over certain people, yeah. like certain employees, which is, once again, bullshit. Um, also, like Scotty said, they are being investigated by uh, uh, Orange County uh, as uh, a COVID hotspot. I knew what you were going to say, but I thought you were going to say Orange Cassidy is investigating WWE for COVID. Yeah, WWE. I'm investigating you. No, no, no. It's you, just uh, Orange COVID Cassidy. <laughs> Orange Cassidy. Has anything come back in your, uh, anything positive come back in your, your search results? And then just little thumbs up. <laughs> and then nothing else. Tiny thumbs up. Well, uh, right. yeah. Including, and so it's just like, uh, listen, when AEW can have actual crowds that are spaced out in social distance and you don't see this shit regularly, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, dog. Especially when they don't have... They're not selling tickets. <laughs> like, these are your guys. Yeah, they're your people. They're your employees. Y- fuck, y'all. So, by God. Dylan, <laughs> Dylan would, you, uh, would you like to pop up next? Yeah, so uh, we talk a lot of, of positive things uh, about AEW on this podcast. As obviously, we're all pretty big fans of it as a company, as a show. It uh, made this show better. <laughs> it made this show better. And, like, 
Even though Dark is literally longer than fucking Dynamite now. It's... Yeah, sometimes they'll be like, up next on Dark, 18 matches. I'm fucking sorry, what did you just say to me? I look at the time every week now to like figure out how I'm going to fit it in my schedule because this hour is really two hours and eight minutes. I was like, I'm going to have to break that up over two days. <laughs> and, and Cody has recently floated the idea, too, of another like show that's an hour long. Yeah, They might take that out of Dark, which is fine. Uh, but speaking of Dark and Dynamite, the one glaring issue in AEW, and it has been, and I've tried to do the two-week thing with this, but it hasn't worked, and that is the, frankly, absence of any women's division presence on Dynamite and Dark. So out of out of literally four hours of programming this week, there were three women's segments. One was Brandy wrestling, one was Diamante and uh, Ivelisse in a tag match, and then the Sheeta-Britt Baker thing yesterday. That's it. Oh, it wasn't Sheeta. It was not Sheeta. It was a squash for Baker. It was was a a squash for Baker? I thought Sheeta came out. Uh, Nope. I mean, that's where they're headed, more than likely, but yeah, they've got got Serena, who's really good. They've got Anna Jay, who, fuck, is great. Like, they've got good people, they just don't know how to tell a story with it, I guess? I really do believe that that it was a thing of they were going to slowly foster the division through the use of outside of British, like, UK and Japanese talent, and then they weren't able to. And so all of their plans got fucked up, and they don't know how to recover it. Because, like... Right, because the... But... It's no excuse for not trying, not putting at least two segments. I just need, like, like two, uh, two of them. Just- I mean, I don't remember. I've been watching for a while. I, I don't remember the last time I've seen Sheeta. Like, if you had told me without me knowing Sheeta was the champion that Britt Baker was the champion, I would have believed you. Because Britt Baker is who we see every week. And that's nothing against Britt. I don't, don't come for me, Dylan, but I fucking love Britt Baker. But Sheena's the fucking champion. So Why Britt is Baker, Sheena not on television? Let me, let, me, let me explain my problems with this division. So Britt Baker's probably going to face Sheena, right? Yeah. Okay, do you know what Britt Baker's record is? Undefeated. More six than likely. and six. Oh. Oh, like prior to coming back and then after? Okay. Yeah, uh, she's the fifth-ranked person. Uh, fucking Nyla Rose, despite having fucking... No, uh, nothing, nothing. Granted, they said that she was supposed to have more storyline, uh, but then that happened. She was in the Northeast, and it kind of screwed everything up. But she's with Vicky Guerrero, still nothing. Uh, Penelope Ford is currently tied up in the, the best man thing, so I'll give her a pass on that. Uh, Big Swole... That match has happened. already wrestled her. Uh, and Abaddon, who I haven't seen on TV. She's wrestling next week, but yes, no, I understand. Yeah. Do you know who should be facing Sheeta? Abaddon. Yeah. The devil. Because that match, their one match, the one that got her a contract, was amazing. Yeah. She's a spooky and, demon girl. All you have to do is have Abaddon do two more matches. Hell, have her steamroll Brit. Yeah, that'd be big. That sets it up. Just have, like, more than one, because I know Penelope is potentially feuding with Swole, because Penelope made fun of Swole for losing, but, like, 
I just, I just need more. I just need more at a time. I just need more in each show. I just thought of a very fun spot, and it is Brit locking in the lockjaw on Abaddon. And then Abaddon just bites the fuck out of Brit's hand and blood comes out of her mouth. Um, I will say, uh, Abaddon, she's gonna be in a match next week against, uh, was yep. it Conti? Yeah, um, Tay Conti. And I am going to be, I'm very excited for that. I want to see, of, of, I'm shocked Anna Jay's not on the power rankings, but I would love to see Anna versus Sheeta. She hasn't had that many matches. Oh, okay. They're mostly building up the, uh... Oh, the her versus Brandy thing, which Brandy is unfortunately probably going to win, and Brandy's going to move into the top ten. World star! World star! Okay, we'll get to that. But before we get to that, I do need to talk about my heel of the week, which, you know, Dylan's been like, well, I thought this would be it. I thought this would be it. And it was all from Raw. And Dylan was right. Because all of Monday Night Raw was my heel. This was your season fucking premiere, y'all. And... SmackDown did phenomenal, and I was like, okay, this is their reset. So for SmackDown, I'm excited for the future, because I'm like, okay, they're opening, their their debut uh, premiere showed me what to expect, and I'm expecting big things. Ross ex- leading me to expect a big old pile of Duke for the rest of the year, because firstly... And you would not be incorrect. Peyton Royce, who was in one of... If not the, my personal favorite tag team in WWE in the women's division. Yeah, like she's how, in a new tag team. I like how you were going to say best, and then you realized I was sitting here. Well, me personally, and I know I'm a sociopath. Uh, it ended, this episode of Raw, with Drew McIntyre coming out saying, I'm a beat you up, Randy. And then Randy's like, hi, I'm in a fucking cage. You can't get me. And then, because that's how Randy Orton talks. And so then Drew grabs bolt cutters, opens the door to the cage, and everyone's like, fuck yeah, it's time for a fight. And then it went off the air before they made contact with one another. Uh, AJ Styles got him a real big boy who hangs out with him now. And everyone's afraid of him because he's tall, I guess. That's about it with that. Uh, One of your biggest returning heels in Elias got a 10-minute babyface Christian rock concert during which the crowd was cheering and holding up lighters, and then Jeff Hardy tried to murder him with a electric guitar, which is basically a club, and you're expecting me to hate Elias after that. Who, question. No, no, who's, who's AJ's heater? Uh, big boy. I don't fucking... Do you remember the doorman for Raw Underground? That guy. He's also was Tazawa's big, tall ninja. Oh, you mean the guy that can't wrestle? Yeah, the guy who's apparently everyone backstage is like, this guy cannot wrestle, guys. It's not... And they, like, he's not scary! He's just a big boy! Ain't nothing scary! He scared Matt Riddle into losing! How? <laughs> how? Um, why does AJ Styles need this? Also, uh, quick question. He's AJ Styles. He, he's AJ Styles, like one of the best. Um, and didn't uh, didn't notice mask up and come out of the mask boy. Yeah, you know how WWE sometimes has a real good joke and then they hammer it into the ground? That was that segment, which is, oh, fun, Otis is in a mask. Oh, they're still talking about it. Oh, and wow. everybody's pretending it's not Otis. 
No, no, no. They everyone fucking knows it's Otis. But uh like no, they just kept running the joke into the ground a little bit too long. Oh, and by the way, their biggest signing, the fiend, he's fighting retribution now. One man is feuding with a group. Oh, by the way, retribution, they lost their match by tapping the fuck out. And then they got all destroyed by the fiend because hey, fuck it. We haven't built this up like the one good part of Raw was Ali finally coming out and saying why retribution is a thing, talking about like hacking the show, knowing everyone's secrets, knowing WWE is a cesspool of greed and hate, which, fun, yeah. And I'm like, okay, good, I understand. Would have been nice if you didn't fucking tap out to Bobby Lashley after getting DQ'd in your debut match. Like, is. Is there really any shame in being tapped out by Bobby Lashley of all people? If you lost to MVP or like or like fucking Cedric, maybe. But fucking Bobby Lashley could legitimately fight all of Retribution at once, shoot and beat them. Yes, but it's their I I yeah. It's the like, United I, States champion. The United States champion tapped you out. Think of that objectively. In your debut match, though, that like, yeah, I, like, I understand where it makes sense, but I also am like, hey, bud, this is your big team you're trying to build up, and they haven't won a match, and also one of them hasn't fucking wrestled. There's a whole women's division that needs a shot in the arm because Lana fought for the title, which I'm surprised it took me that long to bring this up, needs a shot in the arm, and you've got Mia fucking Yim, and you're doing nothing with her. Oh yeah, how was that match? Lana versus Asuka? Mm-hmm. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, how do you think? How do you think it went? Alright, was it quick? It, no, it was it was quick, luckily, because WWE is a cruel but fair god. And, yeah, no, the thing with Lana is, like, you can tell. You can tell she's trying. But also, it's like, imagine if you're playing a WWE video game and you press X, makes a punch move, and it makes the same punch move, same punch move. That's Lana. Like, it's very fucking choreographed and very slow. So you can tell she's trying, but also she is very stiff. Yeah, but, like, imagine the same thing is happening with uh, with Brandy. The only difference is Brandy actually gets to wrestle consistently. Yeah, and Brandy has charisma. I will say that. Lana does not. Lana just has getting put has getting put through a table every week. That, that is that is my favorite part of that match was her getting put through a table at the end. So, do we want to use Brandy uh, having charisma as a segue into baby faces? Because I think that works with Dylan. Brandy, 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 I'm going in. Yes, let's go to baby faces. Let's let's go into uh, potentially one of the. In a in a week, week in a in a month of great segments in AEW between being the elite dynamite, a shot of Brandy with John Silver may be the best thirteen minutes of the <laughs> entire year because never have I seen a man never have I seen a man with more more dripping more natural charisma. Johnny than Hungy. John, than Johnny Hungy, because he's just a naturally likable guy, while at the same time just being so fucking weird <laughs> <laughs> and endearing. 
He's like three different things. Like, cause he's like looking at the the guy that's like bouncing, like like bodyguard for him. He's like, hey, you you work out? You looking good? Yeah, look at them. Look at that ass. Like smacks on the ass as he looks. Like he's just no shame, no shame. There's no boundaries. What was the he, quote I sent you? Oh yeah, I dated a girl once. Kissed her right on the mouth. Like what the fuck? Yeah, he just Johnny, says that straight Johnny, face. He he made Brandy a corpse like multiple times. Yeah. You could see her just be like, I can't. I fucking. John Silver is that weird friend that is in every friend group that disappears a majority of the time and you don't know what he's doing, but it always makes you a little afraid. But he's always great when he's there. He is. Because he he's is the guy that like so pops in unexpectedly, and that's when you know shit's gonna go wild. He yeah. Was- but it was it was so it was like the actual part was really good, and then the end of the episode where Anna Jay just shows up, sprays like Pam in a the bodyguard's face, and then starts throwing elbows all while John Silver's like Anna the chicken, Anna the chicken, no, <laughs> and he grabs the plate, he pulls the plate back, then he pulls his phone out and yells World Star like four times <laughs> while recording. And then the show ends. And it's just you the last thing you hear is him yelling, World Star! World Star <laughs> Oh fuck me. Everything about Shutter. that from start to finish was perfect. There was no there was no lull in the entertainment. Yeah. Where he was talking about Trent. <laughs> He's just like, Well, there was a fan at his house and we were basically having a sleepover, shotgunning beers, and he was like, Hey, this fan can't hear anything. He's deaf. And I'm like, Johnny, what is this story you're telling? <laughs> Trent shotguns a beer, vomits immediately, violently. <laughs> so we're drinking more beers, and we're just like, we should eat raw eggs. And drunk Johnny's like, that's a great idea. So we're eating these raw eggs, vomiting, drinking beer. It's a great time. One of the best times I've ever had. <laughs> well, now on to uh, my favorite, my baby face of the week. And I'm... I'm basically tag-teaming with Blake, so this is my secondary babyface. And it is NXT's treatment of Velveteen Dream ever since that great Kushida match where you just got to watch Kushida murder him and break his arm. Well, ever since, he's come back and he's in a cast. Which, logically, you'd be like, okay, well, he's injured, he shouldn't be wrestling. Not NXT, they're like, nah, fuck you, this week we're gonna make you fight the guy who broke your arm and Tommaso Ciampa, and they're both gonna fuck you up. They're both gonna wreck your ass for this entire match. It was, so, I love it so much. Do you, do you remember back in, like, 03 when Kurt Angle was still with the WWE, and they were doing the first season of Tough Enough, and there was that guy that called himself the Ultimate Fighter and tried to legit... Oh. Uh, I think is his yeah, name. Pooter. You remember the Royal Rumble that year where everybody just took turns slapping the shit out of him? <laughs> yeah. That's that's what it feels like with, with Velveteen Dream. Except instead of one Royal Rumble, they're doing it over the course of as long as it takes. <laughs> God, it's so good. Oh, by the way, I don't think we talked about this on the show, but... Alex Reynolds got knocked out during Dynamite. Oh, yeah. But during the video package for Kushida versus Velveteen Dream, at one point, Kushida does say, I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this for my daughters. And I went, did they just fucking go there? Did they just go there in this storyline? Probably not on purpose, but yes. Yeah. I I really... At least the two problematic people on NXT 
are consistently getting the shit kicked out of them in the form of Dream and Austin Theory. Which, by the way, Austin lost so bad this week, he just said, fuck it, I quit, I'm gone. I'm like, I'm fine with this. I'm cool with that, I guess. Man, you know what? I can't fucking wait any longer. Scotty, can we please? Okay, hold on, no, I'm gonna do it. This week on Dynamite, I was quite possibly the greatest, uh, definitely my segment of the year, all fucking ready, possibly segment of the decade, and 2020 has only just started, I know, but this one is going to be hard to fucking beat, because it ticks so many of my fucking boxes. Wait, Blake, it's, it's October. Yeah. 2020, I mean, 2020 segment of the decade. Oh, okay. I think meant of the year, and I was like, Blake, I know quarantine's been rough, but the, the no, year no, no. is almost segment- over. The year is almost over. Segment of the year. The decade has just started. Segment of the decade. This fucking, like, if you are, if you want to see what two heels can do when you put can- them together... Let's, and you decide, uh, let's do a fucking show tune. No, no, you get don't spoil the it! Majesty. Don't spoil I already it have. Yet. You get don't the majesty it. called Le Dinner de Bonheur. So me and Blake were sitting there watching AEW, and we both, well, I specifically, like, have you gone back and watched their segment from last week? My previous segment of the year? Mm-hmm. I, no, we both were going into this going, this is gonna be at least fun. And then they both get into an argument over who can eat the rawest steak, which was fun because it began with Maxwell ordering his steak well done, which is the most heel bullshit I've ever seen. And I said, they kept one upping each other in like lowering the rareness of their steaks. Yep. And then the Jericho's like, you were a jerk to everybody. Why should we even do this, man? And I'm like, okay, it's not really feet like it, it started to have a bit of a lull because I'm like, OK, because they're setting up this the town hall for next week. They're setting up all these segments. And then <laughs> fucking just fucking some show tune music starts. Music filled the room. And, and Maxwell Jacob singing. Friedman reminded everybody why he sang on the Rosie O'Donnell show when he was nine years old. Because holy shit, he outshone lead singer of Fozzie, Chris Jericho. Which, I'm going to be honest, he's a more classically trained singer, so, like, this was right up his fucking alley. They did a full-on show tune with choreography and everything. Um, Jericho came out after Dynamite and said that they were up... The night before Dynamite filming that segment, and the segment was not finished editing until about 23 minutes before Dynamite started. It's just so fucking good. This just shows, like, AEW is willing to take buck-wild risks, and this is one of their biggest risks, and it paid off in spades. Velma, strike my last order. I would like my steak... Cooked blue. What was her name? Was it Velma or Thelma? Okay. No, Velma with a V. Because he does that at the beginning. It's Velma with a V. Because he gets on MJF for being a dick to everybody. 
I, I was kind of hoping that it was a third name that sounds like Thelma and Velma, but I couldn't think of what the name would be. Just so yeah, they were Jelma. both wrong. It was Jumba. It was Jumba. I just Stitch. I just like at the the very end where they're both like, Chris, this is this is wrong. Yeah, you're right. We're we're gonna have to send this back. It's back. <laughs> yeah. Fucking the 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 moment when they slap the fucking the raw ass steaks right in front of them is the moment that like it was the perfect uh, digestif after seeing yeah. the entirety of that fever dream of uh, a segment, which also just goes to prove there's a theater kid in everyone's hearts. There, well, and that is I- what made me love this segment. Well, Maxwell's an acapella kid, because someone did post a video of him doing acapella in high school, which is such good shit. Like, he I, is I better I'm, than you, and you know it. I, I already told Blake this, but early predictor for our, not wrestler, but performer of the year, which I know, like, that's the one I hold in a higher repost than best wrestler. I may give it to MJF. Because between this and the Moxley feud, MJF has been consistently fucking great. Even when he was, like, feuding with Jungle Boy, he was still great. No, I I probably agree with you at this point. Um, And also, like, we cannot do this segment justice. You have to see Le Dinner Debonair from uh, this week's Dynamite. During my AEW review, I said... I gave this segment 10 out of 5 stars, which it did. It broke my rating scale. I gave it 10 out of 5 stars, and I refuse to tell you anything about it. Go fucking watch right now. I basically say, like, I'm not telling you a damn thing. You're going into this one blind. It, um, it, it also, like, it did make some people mad. Very, like, vocal people who I like to call the cornet cr- crowd. Cornette has not said anything about it that I know of, but like I'm sure we'll hear about it. It's because you're not going to hear Cornette criticize Jericho. They have too much history. Yeah, ah, that's fair. Um, but like uh, uh, people who would kind of follow that, like they they were just like they fucking hated it, and I loved it because this is everything that I want my wrestling like segments to be outside of the ring, and even in the ring you could do some of that, but like in your segments if you can pull that kind of buck wild absurdity give it to me and just like inject it straight into my veins aew is wrestling for the adult swim crowd between them and the best friends like i want them to lean in that's kind of what i want the second show to be i want them to put it on adult swim and just like that's where the buck wild shit lives oh by the way there was also that story where uh where john was like Trent, Trent has two levels of uh, check has two levels of drunk. He has the drunk where it's playful, and then he has the drunk where he's just annoying. <laughs> he throws <laughs> mustard packets at me. Yeah, he was like, drunk. Check Taylor was drunk, and Brandy was like, obviously. I was like, ooh yeah. man, <laughs> oof. Um, there, there was one more thing. Uh, my favorite comment on the Reddit thread discussing uh, this segment was, uh, "Who? When did Seth MacFarlane start directing wrestling segments?" <laughs> yeah. Who slipped me acid before this show? This show. I just can't get over how good of a singer MJF is. I really can't. He is well, a you're going to have to because we do have to get into our predictions for Hell in a Cell. Yes, thank you for the segue into our end segment. And it won't take that long because 
You know the pay-per-view that's this Sunday? There's only four announced matches, and one of them was announced on Raw when Elias was like, I don't know what- Here's another thing I didn't bring up. Elias was upset about getting interrupted and not upset about the fact that Jeff Hardy did try to murder him after running him over with a car. Which I guess just shows how Elias is. So we'll start with that. Elias versus a Jeff Hardy. I have Elias. The same. Because I've, I, I've heard he's been due for a big push. But honestly, that means nothing now on the internet. But Yeah, I was flip-flopping a lot between Elias and Hardy because, like, I just don't see Elias winning his first feud back. But I kind of want him to. Yeah. And honestly, I knew I had to break from Scotty on two, at least two of these predictions to try to get back up. Actually, I'm fair. I'm fairly sure you can't, <laughs> based on this. Um, yeah, uh, I have Elias Dylan. You said you as well. I just don't want Jeff Hardy to keep winning. It's like Matt Hardy said on Being the Elite. We don't do the, that legends legends uh, wrestling bullshit here. Yeah. Uh, up next, and the rest of the ship matches are in a hell in a cell. Bailey versus Sasha. Um, I want, I want to keep this going because, like, the SmackDown is the first time I was really invested, and I don't want Sasha to just win this. I would rather have Bailey. What's win. the next pay per view? The next one's going to be Survivor Series. So basically, Sasha. Oh, you've got Sasha too. Yeah, I could. I understand where both of you are coming from because now she can take it into Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. But also, Sasha wins the Rumble. Maybe we do it at Mania. I don't know. It would be. It would be nice, but like they're after the way that they built this and the fact that they're doing it at Hell in a Cell. Like Sasha Bailey break all the H- Hell in a Cell is such a blow off match. Yeah. Like, you can't just be like, in the first part of this four-part feud, it's kind of like how Orton is still going. You're like, you had an ambulance match. That should have been the end of this. With me, I, the only reason I'm happy that one's still... Like, Drew put it best. He's like, at uh, at not, uh, Clash of Champions, I did that for them. Hell in a Cell, I'm doing this for me. Which is why I do, if we're going to skip ahead, this is why I do have Orton winning. Because now he's not fighting for the people. He's fighting for himself. Um, there's just no world that I can survive, uh, happily and healthily where Drew doesn't win this. So I'm, I'm voting for my health. This, <laughs> yeah, both in the election and in this, uh, in this Jesus. match, because I've got Drew. Okay. D, who you got? I got Orton. Orton as well. Okay. Um, anybody think Jey Uso's gonna make... Roman Reigns say he quits? No. Anyone? Bueller? <laughs> Bueller? Get uh, on yeah. with it! That's, uh, that's, that's three Romans right there. And then obviously, as more matches are announced, we will kind of start throwing some sh- extra shit up there. But that's what we have right now. They may add like... Wasn't there another pay-per-view like this where there was like only three announced matches and then on SmackDown they announced like four? Yeah, more than like... Like, we'll probably get KO versus Alistair. We'll probably get Street Profits versus Ziggler and Rude. Um, There's no Raw Women's Championship match. They 
fucked over Asuka well, again. they saved that for this Monday for the debut so we could watch her defend against Asuka, you see. They decided to make her face, face, face fucking Lana! They made her fight Lana! Fuck! The Raw women's, or the, the women's tag team belts haven't been defended in, like... Um, maybe... Well, no, they defended them against Riot Squad on an episode of Raw recently, I believe. No, that was at the last pay-per-view, remember? No, what? Oh, they... no, they did it again. Yeah, I lose track because they are so inconsequential. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no, there's say, no, I, there's no segments with Baszler and Nia. There's just matches. They give them that. Well, they give them promos before, and they. I will be honest. I they are a fucking great tag team. I didn't like it at first, but ever since they won it, I really enjoy the pairing of Shayna and Nia. Um, and they let them talk pre matches, but then they make them wrestle and terrible matches like what we had this week uh but until next week what did you boys learn oh man oh Oh, my god (laughs) oh my (laughs) i found out that uh that wrestling can in fact be improved with the addition of show tunes Damn, took it right Thank out you. from underneath our noses. I learned that it was a good decision not to go to the collective. You know what? I learned that uh, no matter who you are, no matter where you've been, when you feud with a friend, you always turn the gas on again. Yes. I assume Moxley versus Kingston is that reference? Sasha Bailey? whoever you want to be, but yeah. Okay, what did you... Wh- fuck! What'd you boys learn this week? Do it again! Do it again! Special no, thanks to our friend Megaran for our entrance song, <laughs> Fighters. <laughs> Check out Megaran on Twitter, Instagram. He's got some new stuff out. He's doing a big Halloween show with MC Frontalot, MC Lars, and Schaefer the Dark Lord next Man, week. I haven't heard they, MC Frontalot in like a decade. I have not heard that I, name. Uh, I saw him live last year. He is still fucking killing it. Uh, yeah, and check them out. They are the Four-Eyed Horsemen. Go see their Halloween show. They are phenomenal. Where can people find you guys on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at John Silver. <laughs> <laughs> Give him the follows. He deserves it. Ah, uh, damn it. We don't. Yeah, he actually really does. He don't even have a check mark yet. We don't have any replies yet, except for Gazi, who just said, this is the one. <laughs> this is going to be the, the tweet one. that does it. You um, you can also find me on Twitter, at John Silver, um, surprisingly enough. Uh, you can also find me at Blake A. Tanner. You can find me at the Dark Nvidia on YouTube. I go through this every week. BS Network! We have a lot of great podcasts. Check them out. I'm on a few of them. Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo S E O T T Y E M O, and you can find all those shows Blake Tanner we're talking about, including the brand new Fun Fiction podcast where we talk about movies and media and make weird ass stories about it. And you can find it all at a load of pure BS dot com. And as always, you can find us at a load of pure BS dot com. Wow, that's weird. If there's not something breaking it up, it is real weird to be like, you can find it at loadofpurebs.com and then lead into the outro with, and as always, you can find us at loadofpurebs.com. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Here, say, hey, say some shit in between to break it up. Okay, um, also, uh, on a load of BS this week, uh, we did do a, a feed drop from Opposite Attractions where Scotty and I uh, drank around Epcot. 
Boy, I didn't expect an actual plug there. I thought I thought we were some like Johnny Hungy, but okay. And as always, <laughs> Johnny you Hungy. can find us at aloadedpurebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.aloadedpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, join us on Discord. And as always, remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show John Silver. Because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life.